Welcome into the Clap Trap. Brought to you by Ultrasound Productions. Now also playing on 90.7 WKKL. All right, we've got Friday, another Friday, and that means another episode of the Claptrap. And I've brought Mac back onto the show to talk all about things going on in the New England sports world and in the overall sports world. Altogether, we got some topics to get into in the NBA, some a little bit of Celtics stuff, mostly about other teams, but could uh, could have some news for the Celtics coming down the pipe after what just happened with a big trade. We've also got some scummy stuff to talk about with uh, what happened in the baseball world over these last couple of days. Uh, and then I want to get into, obviously, the NFL, the game last night, the Patriots, uh, how they're doing and going forward with them. So first of all, Maddie, thank you. I appreciate you for coming on as always. Uh, I hope your your week has been good. I know we didn't do as great on the gambling competition over the last weekend, but that's all right. We're going to get back on track. We'll finish up the show with that as well. First of all, how are you doing? Secondly, uh, are you excited about NBA rumors that are going on or, or things like that? Well, thank you for having me. Um, you know, no matter, nothing will stop me from peacocking, even even my own <laughs> uh crap poor performance last week but hey we're here to here to talk about the sports landscape tall tall large you name it so i'm here um so the the prompt what would you say so what how the nba i mean i'm excited for the nba i mean are you kidding me it's like this is this is that sports like mecca like ultimate sports time where you've got like i mean if you care about baseball like you know you're in the the postseason you've got football rolling you've got hockey and basketball all starting up like it's not nothing better than when you have all four sports it's nice when all of your favorite teams are competitive but it's in, in any case it's still nice to have all four sports going on at the same time so yeah i'm pumped for it and you know me I'm, i bleed green so i'm i'm super excited for the season oh yeah no i think it's hands down october is the best month of the year not only because it has both of our birthdays in there but on top of it like you said the four major sports Regardless of how you feel about the Red Sox right now, baseball gets the most exciting this time of year on in October. And then, as you said, all the other things going on. Uh, so, yeah, October is my favorite time. We're not there yet, but we're about to step into October, and I'm really excited about it. But the news that I was referring to, alluding to, was everything that happened in the NBA over the last couple of days. A big trade happened. Finally, the Portland Trailblazers have moved on from Damian Lillard after that whole controversy, how he only wanted to go to the Miami Heat. And then it kind of turned out that the Trailblazers were like, we're not doing that. We'll do, we'll send you where we want to send you. And they basically stopped talking to Lillard from everything I've read into it. But they have finally made a move. They have officially traded Damian Lillard to the Milwaukee Bucks. They are getting back. Uh, the Portland Trailblazers are getting back Drew Holiday, DeAndre Ayton from the Phoenix Suns because it was a three-team deal. Uh, they're also getting a first-round pick swap. Uh, or a couple of first round picks swaps uh, throughout 2028 through 2030, which is kind of crazy to think that those are even dates that we could, we could reach soon enough. But the Phoenix Suns ended up getting Yusuf Nurchik, Nurchik, I I forget. I always mispronounce that guy's name. Uh, Nasir Little and uh, Keon Johnson and Grayson Allen, that little agitator. So, it's an interesting trade that has happened. Obviously, it makes the Eastern Conference a little bit tougher for our Boston Celtics. The the Bucks get Jay, Damian Lillard to pair with Giannis. Uh, they still have Chris Middleton. 
We'll see how that team is going to go. So first, I'm just going to ask overall, do you who do you think actually won this trade? Who's coming out on top of everything? Uh, and, you know, do you think that this makes the Bucks a team that is going to really be uh, even better than the Celtics going into the season? Yeah, I mean, so the Bucks coming out with the stud is is that makes them the winner, right? I mean, they got Damian Lillard. I mean, whatever the the window, they have this championship window now that Giannis called for, right? We're talking about you know going back a couple of weeks. He said, you know, I, I'll resign, I'll commit when I know that the organization wants to win, and that's what they went out and did. You know, they traded future assets. They they, they built, they put some offensive power, put a, a killer around Giannis. So. I mean, they definitely, as of, I mean, they have won the trade, no doubt. They got the stud. Um, where it puts them in sort of the pantheon of Eastern Conference teams or NBA teams in total, um, I don't know. I, I still, I don't want to say it, it shouldn't that the Celtics, like the Celtics, are still top dog regardless. Because I, I think that you know, you go with the generic take. Yeah, this inches the Bucks out. They're a little bit better, but I think this is going to be such a big year about the development of Tatum and Brown to a lesser extent. Um, you know, becoming that, having that killer mentality, being able to take the team, you know, not go down 0-3 against a, you know, number eight seed in the damn playoffs. Um, so, I mean, I think it's it's still, uh, if they make no more moves, and I know there's a lot of Drew Holiday rumors and speculation we can talk about, even if they make no moves, I still like the Celtics' chances against them. But uh, it's certainly a tighter race now. And to me, it's a two-team race. I I, I think Philly is is, is going to fall off pretty pretty quickly, pretty drastically. Yeah, no, I mean, they're going to obviously uh, Harden's completely checked out there, so it doesn't even really matter with the with Philly. But uh, the Bucks, I, I'm now I'm not worried. I'm not going to lie. I, I think that the Bucks were the only team that were in the Celtics way before. They obviously just got better with this uh, with this um, trade that they made, getting the scoring that needs to be put around Giannis. That's the scariest part because what the one thing about Giannis and, and his team was obviously you had Chris Middleton who always decidedly would destroy the Celtics because we would for some reason leave him open 99% of the time. But the one thing around Giannis was, okay, he doesn't have an outside game. You got to stop him when he crashes the, the net basically, but he's going to get his. He's just not going to shoot from the outside. Now they have an extreme outside killer, as you said, so it's going to be really dangerous for them overall. I obviously think that they won the trade, but I'm also going to throw out there that the Phoenix Suns are looking pretty good after this one. Now they moved on from DeAndre Ayton, who they, you know, didn't they seem to have controversy with. They're going to bring in Nurchich, who's actually a really solid center in this league, uh, to add into what a, is already a possibly stacked Suns lineup. So that one could sneaky turn out to be pretty close to the winner of the trade, depending on how Dame Lillard, uh, you know, turns out with the Bucks. But I'm assuming that the Bucks will win this trade overall. Uh, and, and we're going to see how things go moving forward. But the, the, yeah. what yeah, for Phoenix needed to dump the salary. That's what it was for yeah. them. It was a, they had to get like, you know, get shed some of that salary. I know they're, you know, their new owner is like, I don't care about a luxury tax. Da, 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 da. The, the new CBA has made it much more restrictive, much more punitive, punitive. Yeah. To, um, to be able to, to to go that much over the salary cap, you start losing you know, draft compensation. You can't sign the mid level exception, yada yada. So all I mean, I so the idea for them was what you already have. You have these three max players who are all making anywhere between like fifty and sixty million dollars a year in in Beal, um, uh, uh, Durant, Durant, and, and, and why am I blanking on the well, guy's it would name? have been 
it would have been Aiton, but it was also, uh, I mean, they got rid of Chris Paul. They got rid of, uh, who else do they have on there? The, the uh, oh, Booker, 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 Booker. Booker. If those big three contracts, like you can't really carry a fourth. And like, and I think Aiton had like, he signed a max at the time. So I mean, I'm, I'm way too in the details. And the long and short of it is that Phoenix did this purely as a salary move. They've been looking to get, you know, get rid of that contract. They needed to. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, and Portland is looking for draft capital. You know, they continue to look for more draft capital, which I get. They've got a young, a good young core. Um, we'll see. I mean, I, I like I like the picks they've made so far. But, yeah, they had, they had to get rid of Dame. And you know, we're, now we're going to see see if Celtics can get into the Drew Holiday sweepstakes. Okay, time for our first break. But when we come back, we'll talk all about the Drew Holiday move and will the Celtics go after them here on 90.7 WKKL. The Claptrap with your host, Zach Clapp. We're back and talking about the moves made in the NBA. Matt just brought up the fact that the Celtics might be going after Drew Holiday. Let's get back to it. Well, yeah, you bring up a good point there. That was the thing that I kind of wanted to roll into with this, how it affects the Celtics overall, because... Now we're seeing a team. You just said that the uh, the Trailblazers they're young and they're they're hot and they're they're ready to try and rebuild and go that way. They bring in Drew Holiday, but immediately it starts sounding like they're going to try and either find a trade partner or I don't think they're going to really buy him out. He's too good to be bought out. They'll probably have to find a trade for him. But then you start hearing that the Celtics are rumored to be in on that possible trade. So. I mean, I, I'm hearing some things about possible rumored moves where you could package something like a Malcolm Brogdon with Al Horford, maybe some picks, throw it in there, and go get yourself a Drew Holiday, who would be your starting point guard, move Derek White into more of that six-man role. Is that something that you want the Celtics to pursue? Do you think that they would be overspending for a player like that? Do you like Drew Holiday? Where are you at on that? I want them to do it because I think right now you're looking at, you know, and mainly Miami and Boston, they're like fighting for like the scraps of like, of the Damian Lillard trade. Right. It's like here, Drew Holiday is like, all right, now he's in Portland. Now they're looking at like, now they have the next asset and like Miami couldn't get the deal done for Dame because I think it started with like, they wanted, you know, um, out of bio and or Butler in it, which would make zero right. sense. So they weren't going to be in that. And, you know, and Pat Riley's not going to get fleeced. Um, and with the Celtics, they obviously weren't, you know, weren't in it for whatever reason, whether it's player preference or they just didn't want to part ways with the assets. But, you know, Drew Holiday, great player, obviously considerable, you know, you know lesser player than Dame Willard. So the asking price isn't going to be as high. The permutations of trades and who you can include, what it's going to take to get a deal done, uh, definitely, you know, different from what you were looking at with, you know, under the Dame trade. The thing is, though, you just know Portland's going to want to go young. They're going to want draft picks. Um you know, I'm okay parting with what they, you know, with what it might take. Don't purely because I think if they, if you don't, then Miami's probably going to come in and do it anyways. But it's interesting because if you're Portland, right, you want draft picks, which Brad Stevens isn't too scared to to trade those away, so I'm comfortable there. You know, I think he'll never like he won't worry about parting ways with 20, you know, 20, 2029, 20, 2030 20, first round picks. Yeah. Um, but they're gonna want probably at least a good solid like younger player and I, I know contract filler like Al Horford's of the world I don't know if that's going to work I think it's going to you're going to have to include at least Rob Williams or Derek White because I think Brogdon's just you know he's old news he's got you know his injury history potentially so I think you're going to have to look at a package of of picks and one of those guys whether it's um Derek White or Robert Williams the third 
So are you willing to do that though? Are you willing to move yeah, on? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think you just, I mean, you've got to go, go all in with this team. I mean, it's just like, that's, that's, that's the nature of it right now. And you also have this window, right? Where the max contracts aren't kicking in. You already have three guys you're paying what North of $30 million. I mean, you might as well just go, you know, trade in your ponies for a horse on this one. Plus, yeah, Rob I, mean, I love Rob Williams, biggest, you know, guy in the Rob Williams fan club, but just he's not healthy consistently. And he, like, the thing is, if they're going to keep playing Missoula ball, which I think they're, they're probably going to, they're not going to change philosophies. I'd like them to get more balanced, but assuming they're going to play more Missoula ball, Rob Williams was riding the bench most of the time, anyways. He became less effective and a, a, a lesser of a player um, when Missoula took over last year. So, hey. that, you know, this rate, you might as well, you know, might as well straight him out. You haven't seen him putting up shots in the gym. This guy's going to be a long-range assassin now. You haven't seen Rob Williams over the offseason. He's putting up all these shots and everything. He's going to be uh, uh, – right? Oh, really? yeah. No, this, yeah, no. That, that's uh, I've, I've seen lots of him working on his, uh, you know, long-range jumpers, the twos, even some threes. I've seen him practicing it heavily over the offseason. So, I don't have any faith that he's actually going to be able to put up any good shots or percentages this going into this year. But he's clearly working on it. He knows. So. Yeah, and if he wants to evolve and stay in the league another 10 years, barring, you know, his own injury history, he's got it. I mean, Al Horford did it, right? Al Horford yep. wasn't a three-point shooter. But, you know, Not guys that. start working in that corner. You know, that's the shortest part. What's 22, 23 feet, something like that. So dudes add it to their game. You know, I'd, I'd love to see it add to his game. Oh, yeah. I mean, that'd, that'd be sweet. And for, for his sake, if he wants to stay in the league another decade, you know, he better do it. Yeah, you got it. That's the way that the, the league rolls nowadays. But... Yeah, no, I, I think we both agreed last episode that it, this team, as it is constituted right now, this Celtics team, it is finals or bust. If they go out and get Drew Holiday, now it becomes championship or bust to me. You you go that extra level because he's a big addition, I think. I love Derek White, but it, he Drew Holiday would obviously be a better, better point guard. Do you agree that it would be championship or bust at that point? Yeah, I think these next two years are both like you have you have to get at least one in these next two, if not obviously you want two. But I think the point is like you're all in and you're gonna have to dismantle some pieces of this in two years, regardless whether you make move whether you make any moves right now or you don't. So you might as well make all the moves necessary to build this thing up and make it as strong as possible for two years, knowing that you're gonna have to lop off some assets, you know, come yeah. what twenty twenty five. Right. No, it makes sense. And uh, so we'll see how things go. But if the Celtics get into that uh, into that move, you you better be going after a championship. If it's Drew Holiday, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum and Porzingis as your starting four right there. That's that's championship or bust. I, you can't get any more. It can't get any more. So that's an unbelievable lineup. I love that they're doing this. It's I like being part of the arms race. Not like <laughs> some other teams in Boston that decide not to be part of the arms race. You have to be, but yeah, that's a great point and a great way to kind of segue into another team that didn't get into the uh, the arms race this year. And we're going to talk all about that when we come back after this on ninety point seven WKKL. The clap trap with your host Zach Clap. We're back with more of the Claptrap. We just talked all about the Celtics and the NBA, but now it's time to switch up subjects. The Red Sox, uh, they, they've they ruined me for my season-long bet. I didn't get to that over 78-and-a-half wins. They're just uh, they're falling apart at the end here. They're probably going to get swept by the Orioles, who just clinched the division uh, and everything. So they're done there. They moved on for their GM. We talked about that last episode uh, hopefully turning around in the right direction. But actually, the reason why I wanted to talk about the Red Sox is not about this current team. It was about some former teams that they've had and the players that they've had. And one of the biggest pieces of news right now in the 
Boston sports world right now, like over these last 48 hours, this news cycle right now is one of the scummier things that I've seen come from a Boston, former Boston athlete. And this is a guy who he's a polarizing figure. He obviously does a lot of things in the political world, which we're not going to get into that. This is not that type of show. Uh, and people have their <laughs> people have their feelings about that one way or another. But this whole thing with Kurt Schilling and and coming out and telling on his podcast to seemingly just get ratings and views and in the news to talk about Tim Wakefield and what he's going through horribly right now. If you haven't heard about it yet, unfortunately, Tim Wakefield has been diagnosed with brain cancer. He also has his wife who's going through cancer right now. So they're going through some really tough struggles. They were trying to kind of keep it under wraps. They did not give Kurt Schilling the go ahead to give this information out, but he went on his own podcast and, you know, just blurted out the information about what Tim Wakefield, the Wakefields are going through at this time in their situation. We obviously hope the best for the Wakefields in their situation but I got to talk about how scummy of a move this was by Kurt Schilling. It, I mean, like I said, you can say one thing or the other about his political views and you feel about him one way or the other. But in all honesty, this feels like the biggest scum move I've ever seen from a former or current Boston sports athlete on or off the field. I, I don't know how you feel about this, Matt, but it's disgusting. You got all of the former players, you got analysts and everything coming out and ha saying how disgusting this was for him to do this. Uh, Catherine Wakefield went hard on Twitter at him, uh, expletive written all, all over the place, which as is warranted in my opinion. But is he is, is he the scummiest guy, former or current Boston athlete ever doing something like this? This is this is despicable. I mean, no one, no one comes to mind that would actually top this type of behavior. And I hate, I hate talking about it to a certain extent. Cause I just, it's, yeah, yeah. The thing is all of his crap has come after his playing career too. He came in here. He was on this Oh, four freaking world series winning team, freaking bloody sock game. We all, yep. He was a hero here. Yeah. He sort of, you know, Pat pittered out at the end, but like it was, he won a championship for this team. You know what I mean? So it's like, all of this stuff afterwards, and this is not the first incident of him, you know, grabbing negative headlines and, and doing, you know, as you're saying, scummy stuff. I mean, there was the whole thing with the um, trying to get the PPE equipment like down to, yep. uh, or no, it was, it was hurricane relief equipment. Um, uh, and after there was a disaster, there's, you know, obviously the taxpayer crap with Rhode Island and the video game. So, I mean, so this guy's got a long line of this type of crappy behavior and it's all come after his playing career, which is even more just puzzling, just like, just be quiet, go away. You know, people will buy you drinks in the city. You certainly probably could use a drink or two or have a drink or two <laughs> at this particular hour, especially. So, I, I mean, I, I think it's, it, there's nothing really that like, it's just, a, it's a bad, it's a bad person move. And you know what? The thing is like, from what I understand is that he wasn't, it wasn't like wake or his family, like reached out to Schilling directly a player like, like that, you know, that was sort of the conduit was like, Hey, by the way, this is, this is what's happening in his world. Just so you know, and you tell, you say that to someone, you think about it in your own life, right? You do that. So you can let someone know like, Hey, like maybe reach out and be like, Hey, I'm so sorry right. about what's going on. Like mm -hmm. you do it that way. You don't do it. So that way then you can just pick it up, take it. And then like, and just get clicks and ratings and like, and rub people the wrong way off of it. Like that's not, you're like, and the either you're that much of a dink or you don't, 
know like you don't have the like the filter like the the conscience to like understand that like that's not what you do to somebody so yeah he sucks i mean i, I he's he's terrible and you know thoughts and prayers to wakefield and his family but it, of course yeah, that, that's kurt chilling yeah no i mean that that's a so either either way you're you're getting the worst of the scenario for uh kurt chilling either you're a complete moron and you just don't have any social cues on how to do go about something with somebody who you went to battle with on teams for a championship back in boston and now you just don't care or you're too dumb either you're a moron and you don't get it socially or you are you're really just a bad human being trying to get clicks off of somebody else's downfall basically it's just a horrible thing overall it made me think about just overall boston athletes former current that have been hated and and this move just throws him right to the top of the list because like you said it's a bad person move you could talk about players like uh you know david price who annoyed the fan base and we didn't like him he was hated for you know play on his field on field playing and you know his comments afterwards about uh, you know, uh, whatever. He didn't care about the media, this, that, and the other thing. You can hate on Aaron Hernandez for being an actual bad person and murdering people and things like that. That's horrible. He's a scum of, of the earth as well for what he did. You can hate on a guy like Pablo Sandoval, who was just too large to fit into his uniform and his contract was too big. You can hate on Kyrie Irving because he was yeah. so extremely annoying and, and the things that he said in the media and the lies that he told and all these stuff. But those aren't actual bad people. Well, Aaron Hernandez is. I, I take that I, back. I, I'd argue that the Kyrie one is 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 in sort of in this realm. You know what I mean? I think it's 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 so insensitive to like. I mean, this is insensitive to like to like a massive group. Like in his case, this is insensitive to like an individual, like your like his family. But yeah, I'd say I'd say you might be able to put Kyrie in that the sort of same breath as this one. So I'm yeah, but I. Yeah, no, and he's obviously said some some horrible things, that, and I won't get into all the Kyrie Irving stuff again, but this is just a direct against a guy who you would think as somebody who went to war with this man and played baseball with him and won a championship with him, this is more like a family member than it is just a former colleague or something like that, and you go out there and you do something like this, it's disgusting to me. He's my now all-time most hated former or current Boston athlete easily easily from this so i, I don't know it i just wanted how, how disconnected he is from that team like you know what i mean like oh man his, his, his reaction wasn't a reach out like hey like uh right you guys hope everything's okay his reaction was to go like out like in and, and tweet it out and post like, fire you know, up put it on yeah podcast. fire up like, the yes, episode it shows you that like no one's really in contact with this goon anymore gross gross he's a he's just it's just gross it's a gross thing that the guy did so uh, whatever we've spent enough time on it i think he's scum and that's about it Time for another break, but when we come back, we'll switch up subjects again here on 90.7 WKKL. The Claptrap with your host, Zach Clap. We're back with more of The Claptrap. We were just talking about the horrible stuff that Kurt Schilling did, but it's time to switch things up. Let's move on now. Let's get on to a brighter note. We do have the uh, the NFL season moving into week four. We just had the uh, Thursday night football game that happened. The Lions beat up on the Packers, and we found out maybe that either the Packers got exposed or now we're thinking, like I said earlier in the season, the Lions might be legit. I got to ask you, Maddie, after watching that game last night, which one do you feel it is? We were talking, obviously, back and forth. You were kind of down on the Packers, but do you think it's more that the Packers were showing that they're really just not a good team, or do you think that the Lions maybe are showing that they're a little legit? I don't know. I think the the, the, the Lions are 
I don't want to say legit, but they're they're a good they're a good team, and they've shown up twice already in four weeks of the NFL season on the road Thursday night primetime games, and they performed. So I think you know they're just they're going to develop that consistency over time. You know they're they're such a young team. I mean, even the coach, I mean, he hasn't been at it too too long. So uh, I I'm a Dan Campbell fan, by the way. I'm I'm drinking the Kool Aid on this one, but no, I think um, I mean I I watched the game. I, dozed off a little bit like late third early fourth quarter and then woke back up and i was like how is this game like this close like all of a sudden but from all accounts and all the highlights i watched like it didn't actually it was it was very fraudulent how close the score ended up getting at the end of the day um but no i think it's i'm you know say all this stuff like green bay is probably you know two three years behind detroit at least as like terms of like program like rebuild it because you got to remember they just lost aaron Rodgers and like you don't it's not always a seamless transition into the next guy. Like, you, you know, even if you have something with Jordan Love, like you don't, it's, it's not going to be, you're not, it's not going to click right off the bat. Right. They had that 16 point comeback, whatever it was, I think uh, what, last week. So yeah. you know, they obviously have like, they show flashes of it, but you've got a team that's like in the lines that's really bought in. It's division rival. They're really, you know, they've built it up. Like they've gone through the, the, the crap years really. And like the years of like super inconsistent and like, we're sort of like the young immature, like what, but Green Bay is right now. So I don't I put it much more in the the court of the Lions or you know, the Lions played well than I would say that the Packers like didn't live up to expectations. I don't have very high hopes for the Packers, you know, at least this season. I mean, I I, I picked Detroit money line last night, so I'm feeling all right. You're good. You're good. Yeah, no, I'm I'm obviously I stuck with that that opinion right out the gate. I think that they are legit. I think that they've drafted really well the Lions over these last couple of years. You got a ton of rookie talent that has come in and and revitalized that system. Obviously, you went out and you changed quarterbacks, and Goff seems to be okay with this squad, but they're just fast. They are a fast squad overall. And then you got that Sam Laporta kid. I know you love him, Frost. He's He is legit, I think, as a tight end. Some of the catches that he was making in, in traffic last night, uh, just like one of the ones that I, I think it was a third down. I'm not sure, but he had to go up and get it. Jared Groff rolled out on the run, threw it up, high ball, went up and got that thing. He was great. They've got Amon Ross St. Brown. Even that Reynolds kid, is he's doing pretty good. He's fast. They're going to get Jamison Williams back, which we don't 100% know what he's going to be but yeah, he's extremely no he's going to be extremely fast oh yeah get, of course oh, he was amazing in college but we haven't seen him in pros only a little bit in pros but all i'm saying is he's another fast guy they've just gone with extreme speed on the offense even that jameer gibbs kid he's fast if they're going to actually ever use him and then you got montgomery who's got that that jamal williams from last year role where he just gets every single touchdown I, they're they're legit to me. Defense, offense. Uh, in, you know uh, who's that other guy on the offense or the defensive line that they drafted last year? Oh, He's Hutchinson. Hutch. He's great too. So I I think that they are legit. Dan Campbell, he's a little weird to me. He, he he throws in those, he'll go for it on fourth down in his own zone and stuff like weird plays like that. He's trying to bite kneecaps, but he seems to be getting them in the right direction. So uh, I have no problem saying that they're going to be legit going forward. But that brings us to another team that is very questionable at this point. Martin, my New England Patriots, your New England Patriots, Matt. I don't know. Uh, they got a nice win against the Jets. Sloppy win. Nice. A disgusting <laughs> win, I should say. Not necessarily nice, but it's, nice to, it's nice to win, It is how I should have put it. And uh, it was sloppy. It was disgusting. But they got the win. And now they're going to go and play a Cowboys team this week that just somehow lost to the Cardinals. I still don't understand how the Cardinals are, you know, showing up and being in these games against these teams, but that's neither here nor there. 
Do you have any faith? Are you looking at this Patriots team after winning against the Jets and changing your opinion of how the next three games are going to go because of things like the Cowboys dealing with injuries, how they fared against the Cardinals? Or do you still feel the same way? Do you think that they're going to be one and three after this week? Where are you at with the Patriots? So I think the the Cardinals gave a good blueprint on how to, you know, how you could potentially, you know, run up the middle and sort of just, and, you know, kill the clock and, and, and control the ball, control the tempo against the Cowboys. The problem I have is that you'd much rather get the Cowboys when they're fat and happy at 3-0. So you could be the Cardinals in that scenario right. and you have the ability to knock them off. So their senses might be heightened a little bit. I mean, <laughs> excuse me. I mean, you've got, I, mean, I feel like, you know, this, I, I do. Do you know what the spread is on this one? I, I'm curious. I, I don't, I don't have it in I front think, of me right now. I think Cowboys are six and a half point favorites. See, it's that's close. I mean, I I expect the Pats to be in this game. I think they're gonna do. It's gonna probably look a lot like the Miami game, I'd imagine, where they you know they eliminated as much as they could Tyree Kill in this case. It'll be CD Lamb and say beat us in the other the other ways. And I don't you know I don't Dak sort of inconsistent, and I don't know if he'll be able to you know find the find the right guys. You know Tony Pollard's good, so I mean if he has a game like Raheem Mostert last you know, last week, then that, yeah, then the, or two weeks ago, then you know, there could be, could be in for some trouble. But I think this is going to look a lot like the script for the Miami game where it's like, don't, don't get killed. Like, you know, just may, be in it. Maybe have a shot at the end. Um, but yeah, I still think one and three at the end of the, at the end of the weekend. At the end of the day. All right. Well, yeah, you know, it's uh it's going to be a tough battle regardless. Yeah. Like I said, they're, they're basically a touchdown underdog in this one here going into Dallas. Like you said, you'd rather catch them when they're fat and happy and you'd be the hungrier dog running, but that's just not going to be how it's going to be. It seems like this is going to end up being the battle of the two worst offensive lines going right now, though, because the Dallas Cowboys are injury ridden all over their offensive line. You don't know. I believe uh, Martin might be out. Uh, they have a couple of guys that are questionable in this game for the offensive line. And then the Patriots just have a bad offensive line. So it's going to be a, a tale of two defensive front sevens that are just getting to the quarterback constantly. It could be another one of those ugly battles. Uh, like you, you said last week for the jets as well, it, the over under is 43 and a half points. It's going to be trying to keep it close and everything like that. But uh, yeah, I, I think that they, they will be in it as always at the end. It's just, can you do something at the end? Okay, now it's time for another break, but when we come back with more of the Claptrap, we'll continue talking about the Patriots and more here on 90.7 WKKL. The Claptrap with your host, Zach Clapp. We're talking about the Patriots and everything going on after their week three win and heading into the Cowboys this weekend. Let's get back to it. Now we're having a lot of question marks about how this team finishes, obviously, right? You got that win against the Jets, but you almost let them back into it at the end because you just couldn't complete drives. You couldn't move the ball down the field when it was the most crucial points of the game. And it's becoming an issue there. And as much as I want to say that it's because they don't have any weapons, it's really because they don't have any offensive line, in my opinion, because Mac Jones can only be so good when he has to get the ball out, as we talked about last week, under two seconds every single time he throws. So I'm I'm a little worried about that side of things. But do you think that uh, all these, I, I don't know if you've heard this as well, I'm hearing a lot of rumors about things are going downhill for Mac Jones in the locker room. People are questioning things coming off of that whole Sauce Gardner incident, which I don't know how you feel about that whole thing, if, if you whose side you're on about that. But is this, are we getting to a point where it's, 
make or break for Mac Jones specifically. Like he needs to come out and show that he can do something not only at the beginning of the game, but at the end of the game, or I'm starting to hear rumors that he might be getting uh, looked at for being traded. Really? That one's news to me. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate it. Um, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't hate him. I just don't, I don't really love him either. You know what well, I mean? What else are you going to do? What, who else are you going to go that's, to? That's the thing. That's why I'm sort of ambivalent where I'm like, yeah, he's fine. But you know, the thing is like, they're, they're in these games and sort of come back late. Cause you know, the, the game script sort of changes once you know these teams go up by you know multiple scores. But you know, I think the, the idea is really, it's not that they're getting better. It's, it's, they're better than they were last year, obviously, but they're, you know, these close games, like good teams win close games. Like bad teams don't win the close game. So when you look at it and you're like, oh, like they're only they lost by five or they lost by six, it's like, well, yeah. And it's, so it's not like, oh, like they're getting close. Like, you know, maybe they'll, they'll get the next one. It's like, no, it's just good teams can close out games and bad teams can't. And I think they're just sort of, they're much more closer to a bad team in terms of closing games out than anything else. I mean, they have to operate with the lead. They can't go down, which they go down off and they spot teams' points all the time. So, yeah, I mean, I don't. The thing is, I don't know what the other alternative would be. You know, they're not going to bottom out ever and get, you know, the top, top one, top three draft picks. No. So what are you going to do? Who's the quarterback going to be? Where are you going to find them? Um, you got to try and make it work. But I, I I go back to personnel with this team. I think so much of it's personnel. There's no, you know, there's no, who's their biggest stud? Judon, uh, the kicker. Like who, like who's like the, who's the best player on the team? You don't even know. Hey, it might be Christian Gonzalez after his month that he's had. He's been yeah. dominating. And that actually brings me to another thing that I wanted to talk about. You talk about personnel, and obviously it's GM Bill Belichick that we have the biggest problem with. That's always been seemingly the problem with him. But I'm starting to ask the question now, Is he? can we just take uh, off of Bill Belichick as a GM's resume, can we take bad drafting off of his list right now, at least when it comes to the defensive side? I think that he's a, a stud drafting defensively. You've got to now, again, Christian Gonzalez looks like an absolute stud on that outside uh, rookie of the month. Uh, he, he's been shutting down some of the top tier wide receiver talents right out the gate as a rookie. And then you got Keon White, too, has been disruptive, not really like standing out, but very disruptive uh, it, getting in there as well. Is Bill Belichick, uh, should we take out, when we talk about drafting, do we have to specifically say the only positions that he can't draft are offensive weapons? Well, that's half the game. That half the half the the sport. I mean, he drafts and he's the GM like he's like it's 1989. Like you're not gonna go win like these run it like rough and tumble games. Like I mean, it's it's almost criminal the the offensive line he gave this team, the offensive weapons he gave this team. Sure, the defense is awesome. That's not the league. So you've got you've got to be able to do it on both sides. So I mean, I. I I don't, I think it's an incomplete. I don't like the idea of saying like, Oh, take bad drafting off his off the list of things he's doing wrong. When half the ball, one side, one whole side of the ball is a victim of his poor GM skills and poor drafting. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that he drafts well at the offensive line position. Again, like I said, last episode, I think oh, that he should have spent, I think he should have spent money at the offensive line position, but he drafts fine at the offensive line position. And I don't think that, he attacks anything on the uh, weapon side of things. He doesn't do, uh, you know, wide receivers, tight ends, or running backs well on the offensive side of things. But he is he is naming every single position on offense except for that. That's the well, one thing I said was the tight offensive ends, line. The one thing is the offensive line that he's able to draft well at. He's proven that over his career. But defensively, he's he's, 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 he's great. Things. 
You like the, like the whatever 18th pick being Cole Strange as a guard? I mean, who else were you even going to pick in that draft right there I, at that position? Who like who, they have a chance if they could have gotten Parsons that, in that draft, that would have been a great one. But that was it. Wasn't didn't they trade with Pittsburgh to let them get like a left tackle this past year with like they could have used? Granted, I like Christian Gonzalez. Don't get me wrong, but like didn't they like there, there's opportunities and that's the thing like offensive linemen like you get them from the draft like you find them that's where you get them because they're, they're cheap right you only the, yeah. i think the average offensive lineman's career is like three and a half four years they get their rookie deal they play that through and then they find someone who can do it at a fraction of the cost in the draft but he's not finding those guys or scheming it on when well. andrews i mean you do do have solid offensive linemen that he's picked i i can't think that you can just give cole strange a bad grade yet he hasn't he didn't play good last week but I don't think that he you can actually tell me he's a bad pick as of this time. So I what, like whatever every single every single NFL team has a bad offensive line. That's all you hear from everybody now. So maybe the positions just maybe we'll just get rid of them. Maybe we'll just we'll start adding the tackle. Two hand touch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Exactly. Well, all I'm saying is they've they've you can say whatever you want about him just specifically drafting for the defense, but that defense has kept you in games regardless. It's gotten you to seven, eight, nine win seasons minimum. So at, at the end of the day, at least he's not like these bum other coaches and GMs that are just giving you two, three, four win seasons. He's going to give you a great defense every single year. So you got to give that to Bill Belichick, regardless of how you feel about him. He drafts well on the defensive side of the ball. Can't win if you don't score, man. That's true. That's true. Hey, I didn't say that he didn't do a horrible job on the offensive weapons. That's that's obviously a factor. So, so we need to uh, change things up there. I don't know what the heck he's doing. I wish he spent more money on the offensive line, but drafting there, I think he's okay. I think that you got some of these guys, Sidney So, who knows? He'll be a, a good depth piece. Some of these other guys that are coming up, we'll, we'll see how they go. But that's uh, that's the team right now. It's going to be tough, tough sledding against the Cowboys. I'm hopeful, but I'm a little nervous. I, I'm a little nervous. I got to be honest with you. I got to be honest with you. But the other thing that we got to do now is we got to get into the gambling picks that we had. And luckily, we're not picking on the Patriots game again this week because I didn't want to pick anything with that game. And maybe it's oh, good luck. Want to? My decision. I know. It is your decision. It's your decision this week. It's Matt's pick this week. So we're going to get into that next. We've uh, We've got the gambling competition. So let's do that now. But before we do that, let's take a break here on 90.7 WKKL. The Claptrap with your host, Zach Clapp. We're back and about to get into everyone's favorite gambling competition picks. Here we go. Now it's time to win you some money with a couple minutes of gambling talk. It's time for everyone's favorite gambling competition. And uh, last week, not so great. Not so great for the guys overall. Uh, we'll put up the, the standings right now so everyone can see it. As we can see, newcomer Ryan has taken over the competition. He's now 10 and 5 on the year. Oh, you really? Got, yeah, and we've got Matt uh in second place at 8 and 7. We've got Andrew at 7 7 and 1 in third. Mendez is 7 and 8. Cam is 7 and 8 and the host of the show is absolutely disgusted in his own performance. He is 5 9 and 1. That's this guy right here. Horrible stuff uh, on the card. Again, I had another two and three losing week. Ryan went four and one. If it wasn't for the Raiders being absolutely trash, he would have had that perfect card. But uh, surprised by him. I think he's starting to get a little too ahead of himself, though. So we'll, we'll see if he gets knocked down a peg after this weekend's games. 
Uh, we got some good ones. As we said before, Matt's turn this week to pick the games. Uh, just real quickly, did you have, was there any reasoning behind any of the certain games that you picked or did you just see ones that you liked? How, what was your thought process? I don't know. I had, a, had about a half hour before Tuesday night's Sun Liberty game too. So I, had, I was having a couple cocktails, getting ready to watch my girls. And uh, yeah, those are the games that spoke to me. All right, fair enough. Well, uh, just to kind of give a, a quick overview of what games we are picking from, Matt has chosen to do the Dolphins-Bills game, the Steelers-Texans game, the Cardinals-49ers game, the Chiefs-Jets game, and the Seahawks-Giants game as well. So we're going to see how things go. We're going to do it a little differently. Yes, I do have the voicemails from the four guys that are not on the show right now, but for this time, we're going to do it a little bit differently. Matt and I, we're going to go through each game specifically, take a little bit more time on these games and tell us what we're really thinking so we're going to start off today's picks with the Dolphins at the Bills this game is a one o'clock game on Sunday in Buffalo looks like it's going to be good weather most of these games look like it's going to be good weather football for this Sunday so happy about that it looks like it's going to be sunny and in the mid 70s uh, in this one We've got, uh, as of right now, or the, the picks that we are going based off of, you may find lines that are a little bit differently, but these are the picks that we go off of, off of the lines that we found when we uh, Matt gave everyone the picks. We have the Bills are two-and-a-half-point favorites, and the over-under is 53-and-a-half. So I'll let you start off first, Matt. What's your pick in this one? What's your reasoning? I'm buying the Dolphins, so I'm taking uh, Miami with the two-and-a-half points. Um, I'm buying them. I mean, I, I, I was sort of low. I, I, I picked last week that the commanders would cover. Um, they obviously didn't against the bills. So the bills are, you know, looking like they're rounding into form. They're fierce, but, uh, I like the dolphins to win by a field goal or more. I mean, I just think that that offense is so damn explosive. I just don't know how many answers there are for it. Unless you're Bill Belichick and you can scheme it up, but even still you <laughs> lost by five. It's true. Uh, 70 points, putting up 70 points to the Dolphins last week. That's uh, that's crazy. That's college football stuff. I mean, the Broncos are just trash, I think. But uh, I, I this offense is is unprecedented so far, the way that they're able to do things. Obviously, when you have Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle out there, that's that's going to be a huge factor for it. And I have to admittedly stop saying Tua is one hit away from being done with the season because they're clearly legit. So the Dolphins are legit. Uh, this is going to be a big divisional matchup, but I'm actually going to go with the under in this one. I think divisional matchup, uh, these two opponents, obviously Dolphins coming off of scoring 70 points. They're not going to go anywhere close to that amount. Bills, like you said, they're starting to round into form. I think that they're getting a little nastier on defense. They're holding teams to a lot less points. I think that this one will be a, a tough one, a rock fight uh, between these two squads. Divisional opponents, usually tougher matchups for everybody involved. 53 and a half points is high enough for me to think that this can go under and still be a reasonably good scoring game overall. So I'm going to take under 53 and a half points in the nice weather game at Buffalo uh, with the, with, I, I still can't believe they scored 70 points last week. That was crazy. That was crazy. I had, to me. I had two as a 15th round keeper. And you, and you let let it it Kirk Cousins is QB one right now. So I'm not, not, that, not that hurt about it. Not that upset because you, everyone you wanted him. Didn't you, you were trying to draft him. Yeah, it'd be nice. It would have been nice to, to pair him with my guy. Whatever. All right, we're not talking about fantasy football. We got the next game coming up on the list. Another one uh, that Maddie put in here um, that, I, I don't know, it, it could actually turn out to be an interesting one, but we're talking Steelers at Texans. 
The Steelers are three-point favorites on the road. Uh, this one's at at the Texans, which they have the the dome uh, overall. Uh, I think it's a retractable dome, but I don't think that they ever actually retract it, or they rarely ever do. It's supposed to be 91 degrees out and slightly cloudy there, uh, so it, it would be a nice day for them to retract the route, but I don't think they're going to do it. We have the line set at, uh, like I said, Steelers are three-point favorites over under 42 uh, in, in this one. And and I'll start off with this one. I, I think that, oh, man, I'm, I'm falling prey to thinking that C.J. Stroud is going to be at least decent in this one here. I think that he's starting to get acclimated to the NFL game, while I also think that there's not enough film on him for defenses to know what to key in on yet. They've got some good weapons over there, uh, not only with Tank Dell, who did really good. They got Nico Collins. Uh, I, their running game is kind of trash overall because they don't really have that good of an offensive line. But I think that the Texans are good in this one. I'm going to take Texans in the points. I'm going to I'm going to take the Texans plus three in this one here. I think that they're going to be able to keep it at least close, if not outright win this one. So I'm on the Texans. I don't believe in the Steelers yet. Their defense is going to be good. They're going to hold the run. But I think that uh, CJ Stroud is going to be able to pass the ball a little bit in this one. So I'm taking Steelers in the points. What do you got on this one, Matt? I'm with you. I'm aligned on pretty much everything you just said. Um, it partly makes me want to take the over a little bit, but I, I, I am taking Houston that. with the points. Um, I just, I, I, I refuse to buy into the Steelers team yet. They haven't showed me anything that says like you got to buy into this team. I hated all the hype going into the season. I thought Week One San Francisco money line against them was the easiest freaking play. Uh, and you know, and obviously the the one thing you can say about the Steelers is that they what they played. They played San Fran, and then they played. It was the second game they played, um, and there was I know it was like two of the top, like the best defenses in the league. So you got to give them a little bit of you know, uh, look, look at the Browns for that. Yeah, they played the yeah. Browns. The Browns are I think, a top five defense in the NFL this year. Um, good. So again, with you know, but I still again I haven't seen enough from them offensively to think that they're going to be able to um, go on the road into Houston and win this game. So I'm taking Houston with the points. Okay, we got some good picks already, but we're going to continue with the picks when we come back after this break here on 90.7 WKKL. The Claptrap with your host, Zach Clapp. We're back with more of the gambling competition. Matt just gave his picks on the Steelers game. Here we go with mine. No, that's a, that's a good one there. Uh, I, I was really tempted to take that over as well where we got it at the 42 points. I feel like it probably will hit the over. Uh, in this one, but yeah, I, I mean, also Steelers coming off of a, a win against the the uh, the Raiders, who are a trash team, so they're flying a little high. I know that the the Texans had an upset win as well, but I think that they're going to be running a little faster in this one. Next game that we got, we have the Cardinals, the surprising Cardinals, who were able to beat the Dallas Cowboys last week, and they've been in it in every game. They've had like early leads in the first two games of the season, and then they beat the Cowboys. They are traveling to San Francisco to play against the 49ers we've got it at 49ers minus 14 they're a two touchdown favorite in this one the over under is 44 points I'll go back to you Matt what do you got in this one also again weather update it's going to be in the low 70s but nice and sunny so no problems there yeah I mean I think this line would be bigger if Arizona hadn't won the game against Dallas um I think that you know everything like water finds its level on this one Arizona, they're not trying to win games. I mean, they, you know, from a, at least from a GM and roster management standpoint, um, obviously it's hard to tell the guys, the coaches and the players to not win games, but 
yeah, I think I think San Francisco is going to come out and mop the floor early with them. It's going to be one of those like you know twenty eight to three sort of halftime scores, and you know you won't you won't watch the rest of it. Yeah. So what, what's your what's your pick? So you're taking uh, forty nine uh, of the points, San Francisco. Yeah. 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 No, I, I I'm pretty similar on my thought process in this one. I'm actually going to go with the under. I'm going to go under 44 points in this one. I think it's going to be a similar thing, though. Uh, 49ers get out to a big lead early. Cardinals show that they really are the bad team that we all think that they are. It's going to happen eventually at some point here. Like you said, water finds its level. All of those analogies or, or uh, you know sayings we've got. This team is not good. This Cardinals team is not good. This 49ers team is too good. And so I think that they're going to play great defensively. They're going to score enough touchdowns. They're going to let off the gas late in the game. And it's going to, yeah, it'll be like a 28-3, 30-3, whatever, something like that. Lower scoring hit under the 44 points. So give me under 44 in the Niners-Cardinals game. The next game that we've got, uh, we are seeing the Jets and the Chiefs playing in the Sunday night game. The Jets are go I mean, the Chiefs are going to New York to play this one. Uh, another one, good weather, low, low 70s, but sunny. And this one, it'll be the night game, so it doesn't really matter as far as the sunny side of it goes. Chiefs are nine and a half point favorites in this one, over under set at 42 and a half. And in this one. I'm taking Chiefs in the points. Give me Chiefs minus nine and a half in this one. I think that they're going to blow doors against this Jets squad. I think that it's going to be another for as long as we got it. And yes, I'm going to talk about this little factor. As long as we got the Taylor Swift, Kelsey, it's, it's stuff going on right now. I think that, that that offense is going to be working good. I think you could say Kelsey at least one touchdown. I would bet him anytime touchdown score in this one. I'm sure Taylor Swift will be in attendance again. They'll be trying their best. The Jets just stink. The Jets, I mean, Zach Wilson, he takes complete drives off. You saw it against the Patriots. He can at some time show that he can make a few throws. He was zipping some passes against the Patriots. He moved the ball down the field against the Patriots team that does have a good defense, I believe. But I, this this Chiefs offense is too good. This D, this Jets team is too ready to give up. Their fan base is ready to give up. It's a Sunday night. Uh, Chiefs are going to be going to show up and everything. So I'm expecting them to win big in this one. I'm taking Chiefs minus nine and a half in this one. What do you got, Maddie? Same. I mean, you've hit every point that I'm about to make on this one. I think. I mean, I just how can you have any confidence in the Jets? You know, and then plus you're going to have you're going to have Tay Swift up in the box. You know, watching the game. So. <laughs> No, they're they're one and zero, and I mean they're a decisive one and zero when she's in attendance. So mm-hmm. yeah, give me the Chiefs. I think this is going to be a um, you know uh, uh, unders a little enticing, but um, I think the Chiefs are easily going to score or win by two scores here. Um, this is you know probably going to be another another blowout. Yeah, it feels like the same way that I do about 49ers against Cardinals. Same exact thing, except Chiefs are on the road, but I don't even think it matters because, like I said, I think that the Jets, not only the team, but the entire fan base is ready to completely give up on this squad and probably start rooting for Taylor Swift and the Chiefs. So I I think that that's how that's going to go. Last game that we've got. Right there. By the way, the the Arizona game, the the 49ers giving up the points, Chiefs giving up the points, tease that together. I think that's a that's the we'll do a little Maddie teaser in here. I think that's that's what uh, I'll be I'll be putting a little extra little extra cheddar on that one. I like that. I like that. All right, a little teaser play as well for everybody out there. Last game we've got. We've got the Monday night football game, Seahawks visiting the Giants. Once again, supposed to be good weather, mid 70s, sunny. It'll be a night game though, so you know how that goes. Seahawks or Giants are a point and a half favorite in this one. Over under is set at 47 points. I'll let you start off on this one again, Matt. What do you got in this game? 
Seattle minus one and a half. I, I'm so, so out on the Giants, which is why I traded away Darren Waller for my fantasy team. I'm just, I, I think it's, there was, talk about a flash in the pan, Daniel Jones last year, you know, getting mm. that money. Like, and I think this is just, this is the Giants becoming the Giants again, which is, it's sad because I had higher hopes for this team. But yeah, I think, I think Seattle comes in. Um, you know, I think the flying west to east doesn't matter as much when you're, you're playing the night game. So I think everyone's going to have enough time to prepare for it. Um, yeah, and it's funny. I think the, it feels like everyone has like the same picks. I feel like we're all going to go five and zero or zero and five this week. <laughs> yeah. No, we'll see what the other guys got on the uh, on the voicemail there. I am so tempted to want to take the under forty seven points in this game here. I think that the Giants stink. I agree with you, but I'm gonna. I, I agree. I, I think I'm just going to take uh, the Seahawks on the road with the points plus one and a half. I think that they're the better team. I think that Geno Smith is scrappy. I think they have better weapons on offense in that wide receiver group. Uh, and, and and yeah, I, how can you trust the Giants at this point with what they've given us as far as performances against some of the worst teams too? I, I mean, to to the 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 performances that they've had against some of these squads have been kind of disgusting to me. Daniel Jones is not bad. Obviously, I mean, uh, Daniel Jones is bad. The fact that they were going to lose into the Cardinals and were down, they were down like twenty eight to nothing or something close to that to the Cardinals is absolutely atrocious. After getting outscored 40 to nothing by the Cowboys uh, the the team is just bad overall so give me uh give me the Seahawks with the points uh one and a half plus one and a half of the Seahawks there so time for our final break of the show before we wrap things up with the guys voicemail so keep it right here on 90.7 WKKL for more of the claptrap after this the claptrap with your host Zach Clapp we're wrapping up the show with the guys voicemails for the gambling competition picks Let's get to it. Those are all the picks for us. I do have the voicemails for the guys. We'll kind of do a rapid fire uh, list of the guys' voicemails to end off the show. We'll start off with the leader in the clubhouse, Ryan, the newcomer. Let's see what he's got this week. Hey, y'all. It's Ryan. How are we doing? This is Ryan. These are my picks for this week. Miami at Buffalo. Uh, I love Miami plus two and a half. One of the best offenses of all time. They're going to be rivaling the Yellowstone Patriots, so unbelievable there. Uh, Pittsburgh at Houston. I'm going to go Pittsburgh, minus three there. San Fran, Arizona. I'm going to go Arizona, plus 14. That's a huge number. I don't think San Fran can cover that. It's it's too big. Yeah, minus nine and a half. I'm going to go Kansas City. Just is bad. They're really bad. Uh, lastly, Seattle plus one one and a half at the Giants. I'm gonna take um I'm gonna take Seattle on that. All right, bye. All right, those are those are Ryan's picks. I, I'm gonna have to talk to him. He needs to give me a little more energy on these picks. It seems like what did, uh, what did he give for Pittsburgh? The Pittsburgh Houston game? He said that he wanted to go uh w- uh let me see. Did, did I just not hear it? I think he – no, he had Pittsburgh minus three. He He's taking Pittsburgh minus three on that one. So Yeah, we're all uh, aligned in a lot of these, so we're all either going to do well or we're all going to, you know – Well, no, we, well, both of us took the Texans though, right? So he's he was yeah, on uh, – there's, like, there's, there's a lot of overlap with Miami, with 
uh, Seattle. With Kansas but he City. picked the Cardinals. He picked the Cardinals to cover 14 points against the Niners. That's an interesting he's, one. He's he's in first place right now. So in first place, I got to give him maybe that. So maybe we're gonna find out. All right, let's go to Cam next. Hey y'all. Hey y'all. Cam here with the picks for the week. Uh, we'll start with Buffalo minus two and a half against Miami. Um, I think if Miami doesn't score seventy last week, it'll probably be three and a half. Uh, so I'll take Buffalo under a field goal. Uh, next is Houston plus three versus Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh's offense is terrible. I think it's going to be a low scoring game, so I'll take the, the uh, field goal at home. Next is Kansas City versus Arizona. I'll take the over 40. I mean, sorry, not Kansas City, San Francisco versus Arizona. I'll take the over 44. San Francisco scores 30 like every game. I mean, Arizona's offense has been a lot better than expected. Texas, Kansas City, minus nine and a half against the Jets. I love that goal. And I was like, what a big, so they could be ten points. Last is the Giants, minus one and a half against the Seahawks. I just think the Seahawks defense is bad, and the Giants need a bounce back when at home. That's the recap. Buffalo, minus two and a half. Houston, plus three. San Fran, Arizona, over 44. Kansas City, minus nine and a half. All right, there's Cam's picks. He's a little uh he's I I don't know. I know that we're all picking on the same game. So yes, there will be some alignment on some of these picks, but he's a little back and forth on that one. The fact that he's picking the Giants to win is an interesting one as well. So we'll see how that turns out uh on him. Now we got Doherty. He's gonna rapid fire off Andrew. Patriots underscore Andrew. Here we go. What's up, everyone? It's Andrew. Uh, my week four pick here. I'm going with the Texans and Steelers under 42. The Cardinals, 49ers, over 44. Bills minus three. Chiefs minus 10. And Seahawks plus one and a half. All right, short and sweet as always. He got through his picks. Let's get the last ones in. We got Danny last. Uh, week four. Dan from a bathroom, it sounds like, in that one. <laughs> but he was able to get his picks in, and I appreciate that. He's got some good ones as well. He said that the uh, the Chiefs should be 19.5-point favorites, not 9.5-point favorites. So that's uh, – I mean, he's not wrong. They 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 should dominate this Jet squad, right? Alternate line right there. Ooh, a little alternate line bet from Danny. That would be a good one. Uh, so those are the guys' picks. We went through everything there. What was your teaser play again? You were going to go with both the points. Uh, so I'd have to see what the numbers come out to. So, but the San Francisco uh, minus 14 and the Chiefs minus 9.5. So if you tease it, what you tease them both down 7. So it's like, yeah, I mean, I think that's, it's, uh, I mean, that, that seems like a no-brainer. But yeah, no. you know how this goes. 
<laughs> yeah, that's true. I like that one though. We'll see how things go. We did the uh the the records there. We'll see if Maddie can get back on top of things. We'll see if I can actually give a good week for once and just go with a winning record. Uh I, I'm disgusted with myself so far. I gotta turn things around, but that's the uh gambling competition picks. Thank you again, Maddie, for coming on to the show. We'll hopefully have you back again next week or the week after to keep going over everything that's going on in the sports world. I appreciate you. Thank you for coming on. Happy to be here, man. All right. That does it for another episode of the Claptrap. Thank you, everyone. See you later. Keep it right here on 90.7 WKKO for more of the Capes Classic Alternative.